0: think this morning about first things first. Last week we talked about how in order to experience the fullness of of, of Christ, that we must first get our relationship with God right. He can no longer be left outside of the room. He can no longer be uh, stuck in a corner. That we must take hold of Him and cling to Him and walk with Him tightly. In every aspect of our lives, because the reality is this: that when Christ is our everything, we, we sang just a few minutes ago that He is all we need, and that that and we'll discuss that a little bit this morning. But if He is all we need, and we cling to Him, then every aspect of our lives our our home life, our work life, everything about us is transformed. By the power of God in us. We saw last week how uh, how how the relationship with God has got to be right first. And the only way that's made right in our lives is when we come to the realization that in and of ourselves we're lost. In and of ourselves we have nothing to bring to the Lord. In and of ourselves we are hopeless without Him. But when you look at the Gospel of Jesus Christ and you look at that, And how He has bridged the gap. How though we were once separated from God by sin, and we were enemies of Christ because of our sin, in the cross of Christ, the, the chasm has been bridged. And you and I are no longer on the outside, but we are ushered in by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He died for our sins. He paid that penalty on the cross. And then He rose again to give us life, not just existence, not just eternal life in heaven, but eternal powered life that begins here, that begins right now. let me ask you this morning, is your life driven? Is your day-to-day driven by the eternal life of Christ in you? Or do we fit in just like the rest of the world around us? What do you think about most throughout the day? I encourage you, take take your bulletin and there's this blank page on the back of it. Answer that question, what do you think about most during the day? I called you up tomorrow in the middle of the day and said, Hey, what you thinking about? It'd be weird for one, but um, but but really, what do you think about most of the time? What is it about your life that you just think you can't live without? What what is it that uh, that gets your heart racing, beating louder and faster in excitement? Could it be that 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 thing? Whatever that is, answers what you really are about. What is the first thing that you're about? In Matthew chapter 6, we we continue. We're going to finish up chapter 6 this morning. As we think about this concept of first things first. What is the focal point? What is the heart of our lives? And we're going to see what Jesus says about it. And, And hopefully this morning, we come to a conclusion that today is the day we choose Different for ourselves. See, the biblical truth is this. Followers of Christ must serve God first without being distracted with the world with the world and its pleasures. Now, you may read that and you may say to me this morning that, that I have no control over the, this world and, and the pleasures and the temptations that are thrown at me. And I would have to acknowledge you are correct. You and I have no control of, of what this world throws at us the temptations that we encounter on a day-to-day basis, the trials that may come. But what we do have is we have an opportunity today to settle in our hearts what we, who will be first and how we will choose to walk with Him. Because the reality is this, if, if we are drawing closer to Him because He is the ultimate object of our affection, then the things of this world will fade in importance in our lives. I understand we've got to go to work, right? We've got to go to work. We've got to do our jobs. But I'm telling you this morning, when Christ is first, the job, the work you do will only be better. Because you're doing it not for a boss, not for a paycheck, but you're doing it for Him. You're doing it for Him. Read with me Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Scripture says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You hear that? Can I read that again? Are you not of more value than they? Much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus, in, in dealing with His disciples, has told them about how they need to get first this vertical relationship right with Him. And they need to trust Him in every area of their lives, and, and and so he encounters this. He he comes to them. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Jesus understands this uh, this balance, this struggle that sometimes we feel like we get in when when we have to uh, when we have so many earthly responsibilities. Uh, how do we how do we just give all to him and, and deal with these earthly responsibilities? Well. He begins by telling them this: Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't treasure for you treasures. Those treasures are the valuable things that that you have in, in life. So, so what he what he establishes first is a priority for our lives, and the priority is this: to serve God. He says, don't value these uh, these earthly treasures. He ultimately says, pursue. Eternal treasures. These these temporary things, these temporary pleasures, money, houses, and land, and uh, etc. These things are temporary. They're temporary, and and yet we we seem to pursue those in our lives. And and I'm going to say that in some way, I'm guilty of that as well. I think we've done ourselves a disservice today by defining the blessings of the Lord materially. We think. We think about all the things that we have and and we say we are blessed. Well, I know people that don't have a whole lot and they are blessed far more than we seem to think we are. And so we've got to understand that God's blessing is not defined by the material wealth and the material things that we gain. God's blessing is defined by the eternal blessings that are given to us when we walk with Him. And so he said, he begins with, don't lay up treasures on earth. Don't buy into the trap that we, uh, uh, we, we don't just come to Christ and then we pursue all the earthly things we can until we die and go to heaven. No, we pursue Him. And don't make the treasure of this life the treasure that we pursue. Because all of that stuff will get in our way of following Him. Let me ask you this morning. What if? You could take all the things that you treasure, money, houses, land, cars, all boats, whatever, and, and you could put it in a lockbox. That's why I said what if. What if you could put it all in a lockbox and have it for a rainy day? Two things I would tell you. Those things will rust and fade away. Second thing is this: you'll die one day, and those things won't matter. And I say, somebody sitting there thinking, "Well, that was encouraging." I intended it. No, I, no. I mean, you, you've got to think about it. If if these things are so valuable to us, isn't there more? Isn't there something that's more important in the grand scheme of things than these things that will perish? And will fade away. You say, Well, well, this is this is titanium and it'll last forever. You look at the back of the book and you find that it'll all burn up one day. It'll all fade away. And so it says, Don't lay up those treasures that are temporary. Don't, don't, don't get so caught up in those things that you you can't follow Christ. You can't see Christ because you're, you're so busy keeping up those things because ultimately He says the eternal treasure is where it's at. Don't lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust destroy. Uh, or don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. But do lay up treasures in heaven where nothing is. Can there's no decay? There's no destruction. What are those things? Well, I think as we look, that we see Jesus last week as we we counted the first eighteen verses, Him talking about these eternal rewards, these things that will be stored up. Well, here these eternal rewards, these these things deal with matters of character. That when we stand before God one day, we present to Him a, a person of character. That we present to Him a life that is that is lived for Him. That is an eternal reward, an eternal reward that will be rewarded in return from him. Not only that, this personal relationship we have with him, that is not a temporary reward. The personal knowledge of God is an eternal reward that we have when we walk and and follow him. But building his kingdom, building his kingdom. I'm not talking, we're, not, we're, not to be, we're not going to be carrying blocks of gold so that we can help pave the streets of heaven. And, and He doesn't need our pearls. He, he doesn't need any of that. When we talk about building his, his kingdom, what are we talking about? People. 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 Let me ask you this morning. How much treasure have you stored in heaven by impacting people in your faith in Christ? Maybe leading someone to Jesus. That is an eternal treasure. Or maybe it's, uh, it's just investing in someone and helping them through a difficult time. Helping them cling to the Lord in the face of that. That is an eternal treasure. He's saying, don't store up all the things this earth has because there's something way better. That's the eternal things of glory. He sums up this uh, this pursuit of earthly treasures by saying, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus is all about the heart. Now, when you, when you hear this word heart, well, again, I, I have to stress this. We're not talking about the ooey-gooey emotions of life. Oh, that just blessed my heart. Oh, that's not what he's talking about. When he talks about the heart in Scripture, he's talking about the, the the mind through which we think, that we understand, that we take in, and the volition or the will by which we choose to follow Him. So he says, wherever your treasure is, there's where your heart is. So if you think about it, what do you think about most of the day that is your treasure. That is your treasure. And if you are, are settled into those things uh, that that are apart from the Lord, if that is the pursuit of your life, then maybe you need to come back to Him and allow Him to once again be your treasure. Some say if you open up your checkbook and look where you write your checks, that'll tell you where your treasure is. I give a lot of treasure to Walmart. Oh i got to keep Brad in business, right? Um, how you think about it? Where, where's the treasure? My hope is that, that we we can say that our treasure, the pursuit of our lives, is Jesus. And I want to encourage you. I encourage you today to make him the treasure of your life. Go after him with all your heart. The second thing he talks about is focus on the light of Christ. He, th- he talks about the good eye and the bad eye. The good eye represents the uh, pure motives. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Pure motives focused on the priority of Jesus. That is, you know Him, you know how to follow Him, and you do so uh, as your first and most important goal. But then he compares that to the bad eye. The bad eye, uh, he, he says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Uh, and... and he, he brings this picture. This, this bad eye has double or unfocused vision. The example is, is, is this. That we look through a glass window. If that glass is clean and, and, and there's no smudges, there's no fingerprints, we can look through that window and we can see clearly what's on the other side. But when our eye is bad, it's as though... That the window has not been cleaned. That there are smudges and that there are dirt that that affect our vision. And we can't see clearly the Lord because we're so consumed with the things that that cloud Him out in the glass. Whether they be greed or lust or uh, whatever those pursuits may be. They cloud the glass and we can't see clearly what the Lord wants to do in our lives. Maybe for some of us, we're just distracted. Um, if you've not been in my office lately a few months ago a couple months ago we installed a, a security system there are cameras on the outside of the church watching watching the perimeter and they're connected to the the television on the wall in my office and so when we're here during the week we can see what's going on around the building and um, if you show up during the week, I can see when you came in and when you didn't we can see who left the door unlocked that sort of thing um, Anyway, that that was a tangent. But sometimes what happens is that I'll sit at my desk and that camera's on that that screen's on the far wall. And on Wednesday morning we have our staff meeting, and Porkchop and Cole and Miss Brenda are sitting there and we're just having a conversation. And before I, they know it, I'm I'm staring beyond them. I don't hear a word they say because somebody pulled up in the parking lot. I want to know who it is, and I lose sight of. Of what I'm really there for. And and sometimes in our lives, our focus is off. Our focus is off because we we lose sight of Christ pursuing so many other things. Listen, focus on the light of Christ. Pay attention to Him. Give full attention to Him. And let your eyes be good set upon the goodness of Christ. He says, you cannot serve God and man. What, what's he saying here? He's saying don't try to ride the fence. You can't. Jesus told the church at Laodicea, you are neither hot nor cold. You are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, because you are, are stagnant, because you are trying to ride the fence, because you declare faith but you don't live faith, because you refuse to either walk with me and focus on me or focus on the world. Because of that, Jesus said to them, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He says here, you cannot. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That, that word mammon is money. Wealth. Not not just monetary wealth. That word mammon is, is again back to treasure. The possessions, the things of this life, the opportunities, the fame and fortune that we might pursue. And Jesus says this, make the decision. You either follow after Me and pursue earthly treasures or you're pursuing the ways of this world. Look, you cannot complete a task to the best of your ability if your if your mind is divided, you cannot do your best work while trying to ride the fence. And so, what Jesus calls for here is wholehearted devotion. Hate the one and love the other. Oh, Jesus is promoting hate? That's baloney. That word, hate, is not uh, is not. Uh, This this emotion, this anger, this malice that we feel—it's this. It it is not active dislike, but a displacement by a higher loyalty. Because He is my Lord, I choose to serve Him, and I choose Him above all else. He says, "You can't ride the fence." So Jesus begins by giving them this explanation: If we are going to put first things first then we've got to let go of earthly treasures. We've got to let go of the goal of building earthly treasures. And we've got to pursue Him first. Now, does Jesus say it's wrong to be wealthy? No. But if wealth is all you live for, it's living in the wrong. Because our goal is not wealth, and to accumulate everything here is to walk with Him and live life. Now, now you say, well, well, does He not understand what we need? Does He not understand what we want? Look at what He continues to say. Pursue heavenly things. Pursue heavenly things. Uh, the, the, the priority of serving God. But then He talks about the reality of God's care. He begins to say, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life. What happens if you let go of the purse strings and give it all to Jesus? You can do so knowing that Jesus cares deeply about you. Don't worry about your life, He says. Don't worry about your life. And He he begins to give us this picture. Life is temporary. The things of this life are temporary. But the things of the Lord are eternal. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink nor about your body. Some of you came in here this morning already thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch. Jesus says, don't worry about it. When it's over, you can go get something to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Uh, because, why? He, he gives this image, the bird of the air. They, they, uh, they don't sow. They don't reap. They're just fed from the hand of the Lord. And then He, he comes to this question. Are you not of more value to me They are. Y'all understand that? That when you put first things first, when I put first things first, and I entrust my everything to Him, He cares for me. Hey, look at your neighbor and say this. Jesus cares for me. Now say it like you mean it. Preacher told me to do this. I mean, really. He he cares. He he draws these pictures. The reality is this that whether it's the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, he knows everything that we need. And he establishes this fact this morning that he cares more about us than anything in this world. We're more value to those things that we can know that he cares for us. Now look, 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Casting all your anxiety, all your cares, all your worries on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to its stature? That does you no good. You can't get any taller. Um, uh, he, he says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Things. if we are just living to attain wealth here who are we acting like we're acting like lost people we're acting like heathen if our focus is the things of this world okay we're acting like heathen so he says don't worry about your life and the reality is if God cares, God cares for you. So, faith says, Lord, I trust you. Here's my life. Here's my life. The last thing I would point out to you is this. The promise of God's provision. We've already seen that in these statements about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. But verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. The promise of God's provision. This is what he says. Seek Him first. How do you seek Him first? He's not talking chronologically. Although Jesus got up a long while before daylight and went out to a solitary place to pray. He's saying over everything in your life. Seek how to live that one thing for Him. How can you do your job for Jesus? How can you be a mom or a dad for Jesus? Seek Him first. When you seek Him first, you can know that all these things What's he talking about all these things? All these things we typically worry about. these What we're going to wear and how we're going to eat or what we're going to eat. And, and so what he's saying is here, the, the priority of our lives is that, he, is that he be the Lord, that he be the focus, that he be the purpose. And when we establish in our hearts that, yes, whatever may come, I'm going to follow him. Whatever may come, I'm going to seek his faith. I'm going to seek his fruits. I'm going to yield my life completely to Him. Then, then we begin to see how he, how he provides for us. Lord, if I give this to them to help them, how am I going to make ends the rest of the month? Or Lord, if I, if I give my tithe, I may not make it to the end of the month. Anybody ever said that? I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to trust Jesus. Because when you trust Him to the point of giving, when you trust Him to the point of of, of living every day for Him, then you'll begin to see Him do things that are out of this world in Now, I want to think about a man by the name of Joshua. Y'all remember Joshua? Joshua succeeded, succeeded Moses leading the people of Israel. He uh, he encountered some hard-headed folks. Moses encountered some hard-headed folks. Moses leads them out of Egypt. And God does these incredible things. And Moses leads them out of Egypt. And before you know it, they're following after this God or that God. They're uh, sacrificing to this idol or that idol. It's just a mess. Yet God continues to be faithful. So you come to the last chapter of... Joshua. And Joshua looks at the people and he's given his farewell address. And and what he does is he begins by recounting everything that's happened before. Remember how the Lord did this? Let me ask you this more. Remember how the Lord saved your soul? Did you contribute anything to that, or is that all a work of the Lord? That's a work of the Lord. Remember how He 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 gave you life and and a new perspective on life. He says, "Remember, at the end of end of the chapter, he, he comes to this point, and and he's he's calling them out. And yes, God's done these incredible things, but oh, they continue to mess up. They continue to go after these worldly things, these temporary things. They bowed down to statues because they could see them tangibly. They they went after this because." Well, it, it fulfilled them sexually. They went after this because, oh, well, that's just what the world threw at them. They went after this. And Joshua comes to this conclusion. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. That's the choice before us today. The choice is either to set our sights on everything this world has or to set our sights first on Jesus. Verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served which were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me... In my house, we will serve the Lord. There's nothing this world has to offer you that is worth giving your life to. The only one worthy is Jesus. And if you'll give your life, you give your home, you give your family wholly and completely to Him today, He'll provide everything you need He'll do way more than you could think or imagine. Pray with me, Father. I thank You for the promise of Your Word. I thank You for the promise of, of eternal life. But God, we can walk in a relationship with You and I thank You that You made that possible through Jesus. Lord, I thank You that You call us to, to higher living. To pursue something that That will outlast this earth. Outlast our lives. Something that we would enjoy forever. With you. Father today as we. Come to this time of choosing. I pray for the men in this room. The the fathers. That today. We stand with Joshua and say. As for me and my house will serve the Lord. Lord, there, there are ladies in this room that for whatever reason have had to assume the, the spiritual leadership role in their home. I pray for them right now that the choice in their lives is this. My family is going to serve the Lord. Father, I pray that You would equip them as they step out in faith to follow You. pray that You would equip them and help them to put You first Lord, I pray for every one of us that as we choose today, we choose Jesus. And as we do, I pray that you'd be glorified in our choosing Jesus.